Hello. Nasrita, uh, thanks very much, Nick, uh, for, for the welcome. Hope you've had a brilliant day. Um, that microphone is on. This is on. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome two pioneers of comedy who we're going to be lucky enough to spend an hour with. Please give a very warm welcome to Ruth Jones and Rob Brydon. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> welcome. Oh, welcome, welcome. <laughs> oh. Thank you so much for being here. We're so excited. I think we can all agree that we're all looking forward more to the Gavin and Stacey Christmas special than actual Christmas lunch this year. <laughs> more, I mean, the, the, it's become, it's fever pitch now, isn't it? The excitement. <laughs> For, for Gavin and Stacey Christmas special, which of course we will be talking about and we'll be asking questions from the audience as well. But first Fantastic. of all, Rob and Ruth, I wanted to ask how you first met <laughs> and your history right at the very beginning. Well, it's a long, 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 long time ago. In 1980 or something? Or 81. Yeah. Well, 79 I went to Porthcawl, so I lived in Swansea and we moved schools to Porthcawl, and um, uh, I was want, thinking I wanted to do acting and performing, and I remember the headmaster saying, we've got a wonderful drama department here with a wonderful young drama teacher, Roger Burnell, who is here tonight. Where is he? Where are you, Rog? <laughs> where? Where is he? Yeah. Hey. And, oh, I'm getting emotional. Oh. <laughs> Bloody hell, carry on. Um, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we had a, a, a fantastic drama department in school and every year we would do a musical and it was like the most amazing experience because it, 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 we rehearsed it like all year. Oh, it took over. It just yeah. took over your life. Um, and, you, and it was at the high point of the year. It was always in February, wasn't That's it? Right. Yeah. Late February. And um, we did three shows. I think now they do about like a two-week run or something. But in those days, you did, you did three shows, um, and it, it, was, it was fantastic. And we did... They were great big numbers, they were big productions, yeah. weren't they? And they included everybody throughout the year, so it didn't matter what year you were in. You'd, you know, you'd have a, a little part, or you'd be backstage, you'd making props. And we it was didn't a really have little parts, though, did we, Ruth? We were the... No, wrong. <laughs> we didn't. Well, we I, the actually, leads. the first show I did was Toad of Toad Hall, and I was a stoat. Oh, I wasn't... I hadn't arrived no, yet. No, you arrived... <laughs> I came to the school and it was West Side Story and it was mostly cast, but I ended up playing Snowboy, one of the Jets, mm. who had one line. Which was, it hurts, it hurts. And that was my first, <laughs> my first memory of Rob, because I remember you being in that scene and I just thought, oh, he's a really good actor. <laughs> What, with that one bit? Yes! Oh, yeah. hell. I um, wonder what I it was, did. <laughs> it was the scene at the gym, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, that, was a, yeah, that was the first time, I, my first memory of you, right. anyway. And right. I was years younger than you, of course, wasn't oh, I? Oh, good God, she's yeah. about 15 years younger than me. I mean, it's a wonder we were in the same production. But then we did, and then, so amongst, my favourite that we did together was Guys and Dolls, mm. where Ruth was Miss Adelaide, and I, and this will surprise you, I was Sky Masterson, the romantic lead, which you wouldn't. Um, it Why? Was a, well, I mean, you do. I, I don't get cast as that these days. But Roger had a limited talent pool to. 
or maybe, maybe I was blossoming. I, I do think every person has a period, don't they? When they, I think of Prince William. Do you remember when he was, <laughs> when he was a teenager? He, for a while, he was melting the mouth nest, wasn't he? <laughs> and then the gene pool kicked in, it was all over. <laughs> You were very handsome. You were very handsome and a, a very sexy Sky Masterson, I think. And had a very, a very rich, mellifluous voice, beautiful singing voice. Aww. And uh, yeah, we only had one scene together, though, didn't we, as Adelaide? Yeah, we, 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 we didn't do much together. But, was, but, we, but we, but so we did that. And, and we were also in Carousel together. Mm -hmm. And we loved it. And that's where we became, we became really good friends. Right. And then you went off to Warwick. Mm -hmm. University. I, I went to the Welsh College of Music and Drama, mm -hmm. but we always stayed in touch. I always say Ruth is the closest thing I have to a sister. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I got a sister, but I hate her guts. So <laughs> she. No, on, oh, good God, if you met her. <laughs> She's an absolute washout. But um, I always say Ruth is the closest thing I have to a sister. That's beautiful, um, isn't it? Yeah. So when, after you went to Warwick and you were at the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama... It wasn't Royal then, Hugh. Oh, was it not? No. 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 OK. <laughs> Just up the road. Yeah. Um, when did you cross paths again? And were you in touch? Were you comparing notes about how hard it was to break into the industries that you wanted to work in? Well, I mean, I was just so excited that Rob was, like... Because you had a radio show, didn't you, on Radio Wales? Yeah. Um, we were talking earlier about how you'd got a part in something and you had one line, and I was really yeah. excited because you. Yeah. Rob Jones, because he was Rob Jones then. Rob Jones has got a part in something. He's getting paid three hundred pounds. Oh, that thing! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but we stayed. We 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 stayed in touch, and then I ha didn't have an equity card. Do you remember? Yeah. And you yeah. were going to do this um, sketch show. Uh, for, for BBC Wales, yeah. a non-broadcast uh, pilot, yeah. and they needed a girl. That's right. In the, and the, the producer is here tonight as well, David Peat. He's here somewhere, waving. Yes, there. And he, they, they were getting a team together with Steve Spears, Rob, and Wayne Forrester, and they needed a female member of the team. And you sort of very kindly suggested me, but I didn't have an equity card at the time. No. And I was going to give up acting because it was just not happening for me. And you said. Oh, look, just keep going, keep going. Just get your equity card and then you can be in this BBC show. And, um, and that's... I luckily was offered a part in a pantomime in Porth Call, uh, playing a ninja turtle. <laughs> um, and uh, I had to shift scenery and it was for Stan Stennett and I got my equity card that way and then it kind of went from there and we, we, we went on and did the, the sketch show, didn't we? Wow. So, There's so yeah. many names that you've mentioned, people who nurtured talent, people who really believed in young people. That was obviously set you on, on your path. It's very important. So, so mm. Roger, very, very, very vitally important. Gave me the confidence and, and self-belief. He's a wonderful, wonderful drama teacher mm. and uh, set me. Oh, don't look. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Oh, He's gone. Very important. Knockbacks as well along the, uh, oh, along the line. Oh, Hugh, I've had knockbacks. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, we, I mean, we'd be here all evening, maybe, if we went through them all, one by one. Oh. But, of course, you know, you're Rob Brydon, so it's OK. It's a happy <laughs> ending. But, um, Ruth... Improv comedy. <laughs> in, in, improv comedy. I remember was... that surely. <laughs> uh, improv was a big thing for you, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, 
Rob and I stayed in touch a lot, and then um, after we did these these sketch shows, we I, I, I can't remember the dates. I'm terrible at dates, but mm. basically, you told me about an improvised comedy group that'd been set up in Bath. Yeah, I joined it, hadn't I? Yeah, I already, and that's where I met Julia Davis. Yes, and then I said, and she was like, wow, you know, I thought, gosh, she's good. And I said to you, you'd, you'd be good in this. You should come and do this. Yeah, and it was, we used to rehearse. We used to go twice a week, I think, to Bath, and then we would do a show on a Friday night. That's right. And yeah, we got yeah, paid yeah. 25 quid. I always remember that. I don't and remember that. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I got 30. <laughs> <laughs> um, and basically what we would do is uh, Paul Z. Jackson, who was the guy who set this up, uh, he taught us all these different He did, yeah. He skills, taught us a lot it? of techniques and disciplines that I still use mm. in my stand-up shows. The basic rules of improv, which yeah. is essentially yes and, and, and staying open all the time. Mm. So we, we started doing that and, and really enjoyed it. No, we didn't. We did, didn't you? We did, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, keep up. <laughs> yeah. I, was, it, I was blocking you. The, but, oh, I see what you are. Okay. But I, what I do remember is when we would drive there, yes, this is the best bit, so we'd drive, I had a car, and we would drive from Cardiff to Bristol or Bath, and we would listen to Barbara Streisand and Barry Gibbs' Guilty album. <laughs> and we would sing Guilty and What Kind of Fool in the car harmonies, yeah. and that was as much fun as doing the shows. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was, it was fantastic. And we did Andrew Gold, that was the one I always talk, remember. Talk to my baby on the telephone, long distance. Never really knew that so much so bad. Yeah. Oh. I'm a little bit hurt. I'm a little bit hurt. I'm a little bit hurt. Because I love her. I'm hoping that I never recover. It's a harmony, that one. Oh, that's just... <laughs> yeah. oh. The impro shows, there'd be like a team of four people and you would sort of ask the audience to make suggestions. So uh, mm. they might write down bits on bits of paper, a name of a place or a name of a character. And then we would pick these things out of a hat and we would have to create a scene there and then. Um, and sometimes we did ones with musicals. We had a very good musical guy, didn't oh, yes, we, who we did. could yes, just play yes, any yes, style yes. of music. So we'd say to the audience, can I have a household object, please? <laughs> and they'd go, a toilet brush. And you'd say, can I have a style of music, please? And they'd go, um, folk music. And so then we mm. would have to invent a song about a toilet brush in the style of folk. And the thing is, it was, they were sort of games in a way. But I, like Rob said, I think, and I know there's a lot of writers out here, today that I think it's a really good way of, of, of being creative, um, especially if you have a, some performance and you, you, you know, you feel comfortable with interacting with other actors. Don't you think, because you've used it a lot, haven't you, with your When we did writing. Human Remains, we, we, um, that's how we sort of wrote it. We'd sit with each other on a sofa like this and just start talking in character for ages and transcribe it and go through it and see what was good and what wasn't and and, and the story would sort of suggest itself through the improvisation i think uh, just as much as us saying well what if this happened or that happened the characters would have said that you know um mm. so that yes i i found improvisation i mean i and i still i still love it now mm. there's a lot of uncle Bryn improvisation no nothing it's all they everything is there written the only, i think the only thing wasn't that thing about, James told me or you told me that sepia 
was my idea. <laughs> he, said I, he said, I told him that when we were both on Manly Beach in Sydney many years ago. Because right. yeah. Idiot here was umming and ahhing, am I going to do this character? Because I thought, well, it's a bit like uh, Keith Barrett, in, yeah. in that it's a, a naive Welshman. Do I want to do that when I could be showing my, you know, Polonius or something? <laughs> and thank God, I, uh, <laughs> I said, yes, I should. And he, James was telling me about that scene where he's showing the camera at the wedding. Mm. And then I started to improvise that. And I said, I don't know what this is. Uh, sepia, sepia. I don't think it's working because the pictures come out brown. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, every comma. And that's the thing. The scripts are so beautifully written. Mm. And so you just do it exactly as it is. Before we get to the Gavin and Stacey scripts, we should... You mentioned Human Remains. Mm. We should see a clip of Human Remains. Because Ruth was in And this episode, is yeah. well, your first on screen with Rob? Uh, well, it was, no, it was after the, the pilots that we'd yeah, done for Wales. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I think, you know, because you'd started working with Julia, meeting her through yeah. the improv, com improv comedy, and then I, um, I also worked with her, but we went after that onto Nighty Night. But this was... I can't remember, 2000. you'd written this script beforehand, hadn't you? And for anybody, has, has anybody not heard of Human Remains? Well, they're too, oh, emba they're too embarrassed to admit it. Because <laughs> there was only one series, wasn't yes, there? Yes, yes, in um, 2000. Came out the same time. I had a great year, you know, after struggle, struggle, struggle. In the autumn of 2000, I, Marion and Jeff went out for 10 weeks and Human Remains. So all of a sudden, well, who's this guy? You know, out of nowhere. And they were great shows. They, you know, highly thought of and... And, and, and I was off. Mm. Uh, is, for anybody who hasn't seen it, it is, I just think it's an exceptional piece of comedy. Uh, I, I'm very the, proud and of the it, writing, very happy with it. Because the characterisation, and it's so natural slash bizarre. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Shall we see the clip? Yeah. Okay, let's have a look at this. Great, oh, very good. Uh, and of course, Mark Benton was in that as well, and uh, we worked with him a lot since, haven't we? So, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. What are your memories of appearing in that then, Ruth? Um, just, I just remember going down to Brighton, and you had this script, and uh, it, I just remember sitting around and reading it, and the excitement. I, I just felt that everything had moved on to another level yeah, for you, yeah, and yeah, it yeah, was like you yeah. and Julia. I was just so incredibly proud of what you'd created, because it was... Because I knew the process that you'd gone through from s literally starting from scratch. Oh, it was a long process. We, we met together. Uh, what, what happened was... Uh, what happened was? What, <laughs> I'll tell you what happened. Uh, uh, Julia was working with Steve Coogan, who was this hero of mine, who at that point I hadn't met, you know. Um, I can't turn back the clock now, but... Um, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I... And she was working with him, and he just set up Baby Cow Productions and had said to her, if you ever write anything, because she was in his show, if you write anything, don't take it to talk back, bring it to us. So she said to me, Julia, why don't we write something? Well, we loved Woody Allen, all about relationships all the time. So we said, okay. We got together and we sat down with a, maybe a laptop or a pad. I spent a day together and nothing came, you know, nothing, just dreadful. And then we thought, well, let's do it like we've done in the improv. So the next day, I brought my video camcorder in those days, and we sat down like this, and we just, no idea what we're going to say. We just said, how long has your sister been with us now? You know, oh, it's been about seven years. She doesn't make a fuss. Well, that's the beauty of a coma. And, and, 
and then it just it just grows like that. Mm. But as, as Ruth said, very, very long. So when we got to the stage when we were in Brighton, we filmed it over a glorious summer in Brighton. That was the culmination of a lot of hard work. Mm. And in both your writing, how important is that editing? I mean, you said you recorded a lot of your improvisation. You mustn't, I mean, I mean I'm not being forcing modest. She's a writer. Sure. I'm someone who has written. I mean, sure. it's not the same thing. You know, oh, I'm not yeah. being falsely modest, but seriously, Ruth is a proper writer. I've co-written some stuff. Mm. Uh, it's, it's not, we're not really oh, no, saying that. We're not but saying I think, I think the, the, the overlap uh, probably with, say, with what you... And I, I'm not really sure quite how it works with the trip. Cause mm. that, that's oh, but that's not where Michael writes that and then we colour sort of, it in. But again, we that's... improv. That's but you writing. do improv. But yeah. you use improvisation, don't yeah. you? And I would say that that's where the, where the overlap is, is the, is the improvisation. Because James and I probably... What's different is that we do plan loosely what's going to happen in an episode. Mm. So we, we always... We kind of work out what's going to happen right at the end of the series, in the days when we did a series and then what happens at the end of each episode, and then we sort of work backwards from there, work out a loose sort of scene by scene. Like, literally, we put post-it notes on, but it just goes, um, scene in garage, <laughs> and that's it. Right. Um, and, um, and, then we, and then we do improvise it, so we, we take on the characters. Do you? Yeah. yeah. James loves being Pam. <laughs> <laughs> He oh, I can imagine. It. I can yeah. imagine him doing that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I think she probably is reminds him of maybe a lot of relatives, yeah. female relatives yeah. of his. I think. I think that's what it is. And how much of an influence were relatives and friends and people that you knew in in writing the characters for Gavin and Stacey? I mean, did you have a an Uncle Bryn type character, and did you have a friend? No, I mean we're the obviously. Because the, the setup was going to be a wedding. Um, well, no, I should actually. What, what we started off with before Gavin and Stacey became what Gavin and Stacey now is, mm. James had been to a wedding in Barry, and it was an, an English groom and a Welsh bride. And he just said, It's so amazing, isn't it? You know, you never see anything about a wedding on TV where nothing much really happens. And we started talking about, you know, obviously, because I'm from Porthcawl, which is just down the road from Barry, and we were just talking about the Welsh character. I remember we did this whole conversation about cars and comparing um, uh, characters, uh, you know, to cars. And I remember um, James was saying things like, you know, he goes, oh, yeah, I mean, Kyle, he's, he's, he's a Lexus. He's a Lexus, definitely. And it's <laughs> how you sort of class people according to their, to their characters. Uh, and cars. Um, so we, we, what we did was talk about this wedding day, and that's all it was going to be originally. It was just going to be a one-hour comedy drama about a wedding where the bride was Welsh and the groom was English. And we, we were filming Fat Friends at the time, and we were in this hotel in, in Leeds, and there were lots of conferences and things on, and we would just observe people and just go, oh, that woman over there, that's the drunken auntie at the wedding, and He's the geeky uncle, who probably became Uncle Bryn. <laughs> um, and we just, we just sort of did it that way. And we, we, we wrote a kind of treatment. The, the piece was called It's My Day. And we had lots of little vignettes. And that's all it was, really. It was just little vignettes, little bits of conversation between characters at a wedding. And we also did a sort of backstory about how these two 
people met. And we sent it into BBC Three, and Stuart Murphy, who was then head of BBC Three, said, we don't have a slot for a one-hour comedy drama, but why don't you dramatise the, the backstory? He said, you've got the whole thing there. He said, why don't you make the, the wedding episode six? <laughs> so we were, oh, blimey. And that's kind of where, where it went, really. So it went from being It's My Day uh, to being Gavin and Stacey. Wow. And, uh, and, and that's really where it came from. But again, it came from improvising and talking about stuff that we knew about, I suppose. Yeah. Characteristics, you know, you mentioned about people that we <clears throat> knew in our real lives. Often people will say to me, oh my God, Nessa's me, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> and I have to go, no, she isn't actually. Because I think you, you, you sort of absorb things, you pick up things from people. Um, the only true to life element of Nessa, I would say, is that when we started off, when it was just about a wedding and we knew that I was going to play the best friend of the bride, the only characteristic we had for her was that she always got drunk and sang Wild Thing at weddings, <laughs> which is something I have been known to do. Uh, so, yeah, uh, but I think people, I think people like to think that they've yeah. inspired um, characters because it's a compliment, I suppose. Yeah. Can we see a clip of Nessa? Is that okay? Yeah. I think it's time. I, I think, think it's so. time. Um, <laughs> set this up for us, Ruth. This is in, in, in the arcades in Barry. Oh, yes, yes. Um, so this is... <laughs> um, this is where uh, Ness is at work and she's on the phone and um, two, two guys come in and start messing around in the arcade. <laughs> and I, I'm really proud of this because uh, Nessa, is, she's multilingual. Um, and in this scene, she gets to speak some Welsh, so uh, I, I'm quite chuffed about this. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> it's, um, it, it's, it's quite a brave thing to just be able to stand there just going, oh, <laughs> for ages and ages. And you have to, it is a bit of a risk, yeah. you know, because, yeah. and I think, People have to have bought into the character by that stage to be able to, to do so. It's a bit like with um, with Steve Coogan when he's shouting Dan, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a similar thing. Yeah. Um, and Steve Coogan, his production company was part of <coughs> Gavin and Stacey then, was it, Ruth? Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, when Rob and Julia did uh, Human Remains, um, I was in that one episode... Um, by the way, I should say, because I don't think we said it, it's all about, it's about six different couples, by the way, if you want to watch human it. Human Remains, yes. Yeah, so Human Remains. Each episode is a different, different couple. couple. Uh, so I was in that one episode, and that character that I play in there really was the precursor to uh, Linda, who is in Nighty Night, mm. um, which I did uh, with Julia. Uh, you weren't in Nighty Night, were you? No. No. Um, and so anyway, that obviously I then got to work with Baby Cow, um, Rob knew Baby Cow, and James had been in... Oh, James was in... Um, Cruise of the Gods. Cruise of the Gods, which That's was where funny. I met James. Was it? Yeah, yeah, and I remember... If we can take yeah. a moment to, to uh, remember James. Um, <laughs> I, and then we, did, we did this thing called Cruise of the Gods. It was me, Steve. It's where I met David Walliams. It's where I met Russell Brand. It was all filmed. It was about a fan cruise. Steve and I had been stars of an 80s science fiction show 
He'd gone on to America and done well. I was down on my luck. And I get, well, go on this cruise with these fans. So David Walliams was the head of the fan club. And James played the son I didn't know I'd fathered all these years ago. And there he was, this young, very, very young guy. And I'm filming a scene with him in the cabin where he tells me that I'm his dad. And I distinctly remember filming this scene with a bloke I'd never heard of. And I distinctly remember going, looking at him during the scene and going, oh, bloody hell, I better pull my socks up. <laughs> because he was, he just has something. Yeah. He's a incredibly talented bloke right mm. and you could see it there mm. yeah. the funny thing was that he he was loving what he was loving being with steve and he knew david's stuff and he knew my stuff so he was this young yeah oh, I can't he said believe it was amazing. He, he said it was a bit like sort of being like a first former hanging out with a sixth form yeah and he there? used to we, we, we were in istanbul for a little bit and david and i david said i david and i became fast friends almost instantly and David said, right, we're going to go and look around the Grand Bazaar. Come on. And <laughs> off we went. And my memory said, James, wait for me. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he says that himself. He would follow us around, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one night we were, in, we were in a taverna. On, we were in Greece now. And uh, he said to me as we were walking back to this resort, this mosquito-ridden resort, he said, oh, what I really want to do is write. And, and I'd done Marion and Jeff and Human Remains. So, so I, I, my only advice was, do it. Mm -hmm. Stop talking about it. Get on with it and do it. Um, do the hard work, the hard graft. Mm. Yeah, because otherwise it's like that wonderful Peter Cook quote where he's at a party and he says to someone, what are you doing uh, currently? And the person says, I'm writing a book. And Peter Cook says, oh, really? Neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's very that's very true. And, but I mean, so Baby Cow made Cruise of the Gods, yeah. and that's so they were a company that we knew, and they were very writer centric. Right. Um, Henry Normal, who really was the, the the at the heart of it, wasn't he? He was very pro writers, so he he would look at scripts and he would always want to help the writer achieve what they were trying to achieve, rather than put his own ideas onto it, uh -huh. you know. Um, They're very brave as well. They, yeah. they, they put, and Truth Steve, puts his money where his mouth is, you know, mm. because I was unknown, and they got behind Marion and Jeff and Human Remains. Mm. They did the Bush, they did James and, and, and Ruth, they did Julia's stuff, you know, yeah. which is why they mm. grew to become a huge company, because they had the courage of their convictions. And it was risky stuff. Even Gavin and Stacey took so many risks, didn't they, in that... It was a warm, friendly comedy. But as you say, mm -hmm. sometimes nothing happens. Like you mentioned yeah, earlier. I, I have to say, um, we were, we'd already kind of got it. The BBC were already interested in it. Yeah. So we went to Baby Cow because we knew them as a company. So it kind of worked that way. So um, in a way, we'd kind of done the work. We were lucky enough that the BBC had already shown an interest in it. Yeah. Um, and I, it's really weird because, as you say, it, it, it's not really about anything. It, 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 nothing much happens in it, you, really. Yeah, you mentioned that was it a 10-page script for ordering a curry. Oh, ten, 10 pages, uh, yeah, nine pages, I think, in, in the, <laughs> the, the yeah. last series with, with us ordering a curry. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But it, but it then seems like, um, you know, going back to when we, when we first, when we wrote the first episode, 
we really didn't know what this was going to be. We did, had no idea what it was going to be. And we had a very limited amount of time. James was on tour. I think I was doing Nighty Night, the second series. And so we had 24 hours. We had three lots of eight hours where we could write. And we met in this hotel in London. And we, and we wrote it. And when we got to the end, we thought, well, we have no idea whether this is any good. But it does, in a way, it doesn't really matter because we have had such a brilliant time laughing at the scene with Bryn and the rape alarm <laughs> that actually it's all been worth it. So, you know, it's, it, it, we, we, we just read it over and over again because we just loved it so much. Yeah. We, have, we have that clip. Oh, please, let's Should watch we want, it. Yeah, I, let's I, have a look I, at this. I love yeah. watching this clip. Yeah. <laughs> The thing is, I mean, it is, you forget the darkness of it sometimes yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but also, Rob and I were talking about how our voices have, I think, that, have changed. That is different there. I mean, that was, that was, mm. that's the first episode. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I'm a player there, man. I'm not sounding my H's in some of it. So it's, it's developed since yeah. then. Were you yeah. finding... Bryn's voice. Well, I, I thought I'd found it, but, but yeah. then as, as, you, as, you, as you do more of it, yeah. you know, seriously, I, I said, well, this is what I'm going to do. Um, I, I didn't realise till the second series how good a character he was, really. And, and I, I worked harder on the second series. Because I was doing, I thought, right, I'm a supporting character. I remember talking to uh, Chris Gurnan, our director, about this. And then I thought, wow, no, this is, this is great. And I, I did, I looked for more moments in the second series. That, I can tell. I'm trying to be very very relaxed, but the voice is quite different. I was, I was quite, mm. quite surprised, actually. But I think Ness's voice is as yeah, well. Yeah, you were a little bit as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I, I know I've been more conscious, especially with the special now, to really pay attention to, to the, the Barry yeah. sort of accent. Yeah. Yeah. Did the... It went, from, it went from being... It could have remained a cult classic, is what I'm trying to say, but yes. it became a big mainstream hit. It went to BBC One. We all became obsessed with it. Did that change your writing for the second series then, Ruth? Did that? No, I think, you know, the, the, what we set out to do with the first series was, like I said, going back to that original document, it was about a wedding. Mm. So when we got to the end of that first series, we didn't really know. I mean, the, I think the BBC wanted a second series whilst it was still going out the first series. They were really pleased with it, which was lovely. But we weren't really sure where to go. And I think the idea of ending the first series with Nessa being pregnant, we'd sort of... That had come, that had come quite late in the process. So it obviously did leave room for, for more. Um, but because you had these two people who were living in two different towns, 200 miles apart, um, they're now married. So what do you do with them now? Because you no longer have distance as, as, a, as a, a character, really. Mm. It was a character in the, in, the, in the first series. But we've also got these other two characters, who've, Nessa and Smithy, who've been kind of sort of having a kind of weird relationship. So there was room to go somewhere with it, but we still weren't really sure what to do. And I think the baby gave us the impetus to, to move forward. So, you know, that first episode of the second series where the whole, <laughs> they all go for this meal in Essex. And of course, we've got the, the, the idea of, of, of Stacey living in, in Essex and a fish out of water. 
we've got that running as well. And then just having them all in the restaurant going, um, <laughs> one after the other, going, um, Nessa's pregnant and you're the father. You know, all of, all of that building and building and building. It was lovely. I, I, it was one of my favourite episodes, Great actually, episode, that. Yeah, yeah. It is yeah. Very strong. I wanted to ask you as well about the Welsh accent throughout Gavin and Stacey. And you tell me that you were really specific. You had a map, as it were, for every character uh, about how Stacey is not actually from Barry. Well, yeah. Now, um, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, when we auditioned, we, we wanted, obviously, to have everybody be from, from Barry or to have a Barry accent. Um, but it just seemed, you know, Joanna Page was definitely, she was just so Stacey. She, she was born to play that part, right? Joanna's uh, a, a Swansea girl. And I do remember having a conversation with her once, <laughs> I think early on, where I just said, do you want to try a sort of Cardiff, Barry accent? But it changed her demeanour completely. And she sort of started talking like that, <laughs> going a bit like deep. But, you know, it just, and it just took away the shine, really, from her. So, um, so I said, oh, look, just keep it Swansea. And then Mel, who plays, uh, plays her mum, is also from Swansea. So that made sense. And then you're kind of that way originally, aren't you? So from... <laughs> no, but you're like... I hardly from... think this is the time or place. <laughs> You're from, like, Portalbert way, aren't you? Portalbert, I'm from, see? Yeah. So, um, so it just makes sense. So with this, in the story, because everybody goes... Uh, sometimes you get people say, well, why didn't Stacey speak with a <laughs> Barry accent? And it, the reason is because they moved Trevor, the... My brother, God Lake rest of... his soul. <laughs> they, they moved, you see, when, when we lost Trevor. Yeah. And they came to Barry. Yeah. So, um, so that was it. So what that a, was the, the re reason behind yeah, it. Yeah, what a backstory. But <laughs> I don't think we'd heard as much of a Welsh accent as, as, until Gavin and Stacey arrived. I'm talking about like proper in the mainstream. Yeah, that's very true. I've always said that it's what I love about it is that it's put Wales. They're not on the map. That's a dreadful, that's a dreadful phrase. But it's yeah. really put it in the culture, you know? Mm. I, I mm. love that. And, and I think I've said before that it's a, it's a Wales that I recognise. Because that's what I loved about the script. Because Ruth and I have similar, find similar things about Wales funny. We'll often talk on the phone and about things we've heard people say. And this, Gavin and Stacey, really puts that out there. It mm. really chimes with me. Mm. Mm. Was that intentional, Ruth? I mean, obviously it's set in Barry and set in Essex. You had to have Welsh accents in there. But you bring the language in and you bring little bits that you've picked up in your working life as yeah, well in there. I think we wanted to have an affection, show a real affection for Wales and the, the richness of, of, you know, I've said this, I mean, I've said this about Stella, the, the series of, of Stella, that mm. the characters in there, they're just so extreme, and but it's something I love about being Welsh, is that extremity, and that is like... Yes. We, no! <laughs> and, uh, you know, those, those little nuances <laughs> of... of, of <laughs> of excitement that uh, that we have as Welsh Good people. Good God, yes! But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and this thing's like, well, tell you what, come on to me now, the other day. Yeah, all that sort of thing. Yeah. But, but sometimes I suppose Welshness has been portrayed historically on TV. Uh, you'll have the odd one Welsh character here and there, and they always have that very sing-song voice and go, we never doubt like that. And they, and they tend to be a little bit two-dimensional. Um, so it was nice to see another side, but without going like really, really 
dark either. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Of course, so, you played um, a character in Little Britain as well, didn't you? Yeah, she was she was something else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mavanwi. Well, Mavanwi was was probably quite sing song actually. But she. What, what was lovely about Mavanwi was that she embraced um, the positivity that you can find, I think, in Wales. That, that you know, where people are really, they want you to do well, and yeah. they, they, they're really, like, excited. Wales is lovely, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that yes, and so yes. she was very big-hearted, Mavanwi, yes. and, um, uh, and completely at ease in her sexuality, and had this customer, David, who was not at ease, and probably wasn't even gay, but was just wasn't finding, was trying to find his way somehow. Um, so, yeah, the positivity is, is, is lovely. And I think there's a lot of that in Gavin and Stacey, actually. I think mm. the Welsh characters are, po are very positive, but actually so are the Essex characters, yeah, but it's in aren't different they? Ways. But it's in different ways. I love yeah. in the first, very first episode, or maybe the second episode, when they're talking about going up to the party in London, mm. and Bryn says, Gwen, have you ever heard such nonsense? A party? In London, <laughs> with people I've never met. <laughs> um, and, and then you cut to Alison going, oh my Christ. Yeah, we're going to have a party, we're going to have a party. And he invites them all down and then Bryn is really happy to go, isn't well, he? Well, yeah, because yeah. he, he goes to these things and then finds he, he, he has a great time. Yeah. 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 We do, in that, that, that actual, that episode, when the Welsh contingent go to Essex, I think that does show where um, you, you meet the sort of the, the two clashes of the cult, you know, the two culture clashes. Because, mm. of course, don't forget, the, the families in Gavin and Stacey are non-Welsh speaking uh, Welsh people, yeah. which is, so, so, there's a, so that again is, that lays itself open, I suppose, doesn't it? When, when uh, Mick says about the road signs, what's all that yeah, about yeah, yeah. with the road signs? You know, you've got them in English, and then, but you don't speak the language. And then you've got that whole thing about, uh, I only know one man in, in Barry who speaks Welsh. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And there's that <laughs> bit Powell. where I, where I, oh, Dick Powell, yeah, yeah, comes around with the meat. And, and then there's that time with the barbecue episode when Dick is going, uh, and, and Bryn is there with, with Larry going, something about a sausage, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and, and Larry, Larry says, is this all falling off the back of a lorry? Uh, Bryn, he goes, no, lorry, it's stolen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how uh, little people outside of Wales realise um, uh, what's happening in Wales in terms of the language, in terms of people not speaking it, and in terms of people learning it as well. But I think mm. Gavin and Stacey spread a lot of positive, positivity about Wales, didn't it? Mm. Like I think it, so, yeah. I really do, yeah, yeah, I really think it did, yeah. And in terms of Welsh comedy, maybe, Rob, you can tell us how you think it's changed since you started. I mean, has it... Well, would you say it's come on in leaps and bounds? Well, or? I, I, I don't live here anymore. No, I don't no, know. but you can... But, but, part. Si but seriously, I mean, the, the, the big change for me, and this uh, is just Cardiff, is now Hollywood in the, <laughs> in the West. I mean, the amount of production that's going on here is ludicrous. I keep driving past buildings. Oh, yes, his Dark Materials was there, and <laughs> this was here. I mean, it wasn't like this back in my day, yeah. where there was BBC Wales or there was HTV. Mm. And if those two places didn't want you, you were... Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know. But Ruth, you do live here. And how, how you were part of Writer's Room, I believe. Were you right at the very start of your oh, career? Oh, well, um, I... Because this is... There's, Writer's Room is... Yes. Tonight, yeah. Um, yeah, I... I 
I know that, that, that oh, Carl, I can't, again, dates are rubbish with me, but uh, I, there was a competition that was set up by the writer's room, and um, it was in conjunction with a series called Baby Father. I think it must have been around 2000 or something like that. And I just started to think about writing. I think I'd written, tried writing a script about um, a compulsive overeater in the valleys who was conned by a fake pen friend. Great plot. <laughs> um, and uh, I was just trying to, you know, find my way. And there was this competition to write a short story. And it was just something that you were inspired by in, in Baby Father. And I wrote about and it had to be 2,000 words, and I wrote about a woman waiting for the result of a pregnancy test, and it was called Blue Line in the Box. And it was, you know, she was waiting, and she, and she was having all these thoughts and doubts about her relationship, and she wasn't sure she was doing the right thing, and what was she going to do, you know, about having this baby, and you could tell that she didn't want to be pregnant, but then she found out she, was preg she wasn't pregnant, and she was disappointed. So it was, it was a very sort of simple thing, but it, it really gave me confidence and I think any schemes that encourage people to to write and be creative I mean that's that's our sort of life force really being creative and connecting with other people and communicating with other people whether it's you know a paragraph about something or, or a, a short poem or, or a, a little exchange of dialogue anything like that I just think is so enriching and good for our soul. I really do think it is good for, for us, our collective soul anyway, mm. um, to, to keep going. So competitions like that, that particular competition was very important for me. Yeah, yeah. And we have to ask about the Christmas special. But mm. first, we need to watch the Gavin <laughs> and Stacey trailer uh, for the Christmas special, which I hope you have all seen already. If not, let's all enjoy this. <laughs> Bit of, um, Trivia for you. Those, the lights on Barry, on the, those pillars. That night, for some reason, there'd been a communication breakdown and the council turned the lights off. <laughs> so those pillars were in the dark. And we had a wonderful person in post-production um, oh. at Gorilla, I think it was, down the bay, who uh, made the lights work. CGI. Yeah, wow. it was. It was added on afterwards. So there we are. Bear that in mind <laughs> next time you watch it, all right? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, I mean, we could just dissect the, the, the trailer. I mean, yeah. there's so many bits there, isn't there? Um, we've seen an extended piece with you, Rob, as well, where Christmas dinner mm -hmm. just isn't going to plan. Yeah, that was the last scene I shot, remember? Oh, I know. I do, I, I do remember. Went, yeah. I was crying. Yeah. I did. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. it was emotional, wasn't it? Oh, the whole, the whole job was joyous because here was, for lots of reasons. I mean, you know my background with Ruth, so, so, so number one. Then you've got a group of people that you haven't seen as a group for about nine years, is it something like mm. that? Coming together on a thing that you enjoyed at the time that has grown since in people's affection and become this big thing that you get asked about almost every day. And here you're doing something that you didn't think you'd be doing. I didn't think there'd be a Christmas special. And we're there, and, and it's a brilliant script, and you're just delighted to be doing it. It's sunny. I mean, it's too hot. It was bloody boiling. But um, I was wearing polyester, nothing but polyester. So we, I think everybody was, was often quite emotional. We laughed so much. Mm. And then now I've seen it. And it's rather good. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, it was, it was the happiest job I've ever done. Wow. And it was, it was early this year. It was James who announced, wasn't it, Ruth, that this was happening, I think, on Twitter. Yes. 
he did. Um, <laughs> no, the reason, I was, the reason I was hesitating was because I, I thought, oh, I've talked about this, but it was, we were doing an interview, weren't we? Um, yeah, we... <laughs> you see, the, the thing is as well, right, we were talking about Baby Cow. Um, so since in this last 10 years, James and I have gone on to other things. Obviously, James has, like, gone up there and stratospheric and... Um, we both now have our own production company. So his is Fullwell 73 and uh, mine is Tidy Productions, which made Stella. And um, so we've, we've been used to working in Wales as a production company. And um, we had to, we, we realised that now we were in different places, actually. So to go back to Baby Cow, although we could have done that, I suppose, and handed it over and... and, and gone back to how we made it 10 years ago things have changed things have moved on and so it was the natural thing was for us to do a co-production so mm. it's a tidy and full well co-production but what that brought with it was a lot more responsibility so whereas before when we made it before we just sort of let baby cow get on with it now James and I were responsible for you know getting a casting director um, getting a crew and all of those things that come along with it so it was a, it was from my personal experience, it was much different. You know, it was a much more different... More different? Is that bad English? Probably. Uh, it was a very different experience from 10 years ago. However, it's, it felt very wholesome in the sense that we were involved with every step of the way. So uh, get, when we actually reached the point where we were unable to uh, announce it, it was such a huge relief because there'd been such a big journey to get to that point you know when did what? you start discussing it when did you and james say we can do a christmas special um probably two years ago but then finding the time was difficult and so it just we had to literally set or say look we have to look at our diaries and find a time when we can get together and it just seemed the only way we could do it is if i went out to la so um i went out in September of last year uh, for five days. Um, we didn't tell anybody. We didn't tell anybody apart from our partners. Didn't know. Nobody, not, not a nobody clue. knew. Nothing. Right. Because we we couldn't risk it. We no one since we were at school together. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't risk it in case it failed. Yeah. Um, so we planned it in that September weekend. And then uh, we went back out there in February um, and had a week. By the end of that week, we'd sort of... It, it, <laughs> it wasn't easy that week because we were... You know, bear in mind, we hadn't written it for years and years. We'd had ideas for the characters and lines of dialogue had gone back and forth, but we hadn't sat down and written a script. You know, we weren't match fit anymore yeah. um where we before we'd written series after series you know three series in a row and you know james and i hadn't spent that much time together for uh, for, for years we'd seen each other over the years we'd spoken for, together but we hadn't sat down in a room together and written for a long time so you know there was a lot there was a lot at stake and we got to halfway through the week and we were going oh god we'd written something ridiculous like about 46 pages which for the writers out there you'll know that a half hour is about 35 and we hadn't even i don't know we hadn't even <laughs> hardly got to the end of the first part of the story so there was a lot of rewriting reshuffling 
discussing, and we got one night, we did get, we thought oh, we're going to just give up because it, it just didn't seem to be, I don't know, there was something missing and we couldn't pinpoint it. We had dinner with our partners and we got talking. Something sparked something off that led from one thing to another. And I don't know how it happened, but this often used to happen with me and James. Out of the blue, we'd just get this idea. And uh, I think that was the heart of this Christmas special. So when you see it, I can't tell you now, but obviously <laughs> if we'd seen it, I could say to you, oh, it was that bit there. That's the heart, that's the heart of the show. So, um, uh, yeah, that, that, that's kind wait, of... We can't wait to see it. Oh, we'll know now as well. Will, will we know? Will, it be, will there be a moment? In... Well, I don't know if it's a moment yeah. as such. It's to do with... I, no, don't I can't it, say. Oh. I, don't want, I don't want to spoil it. No, but, no. Um, Which bit is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> we'll all Very be watching so, it. Yes. Will, will, will you be watching it on Christmas Day? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, with the family. Yes, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I de yeah. definitely will be watching it's it. It's a nice thing to watch because it's an ensemble piece. Because mm. you know, often with things that you've done, you you don't really want to watch them too much because all you'll see is what you do wrong. Mm. But in Gavin and Stacey, it's such an ensemble, and it's so good that yeah, we we when we're flicking around at home, if it comes across, we'll often stay with it uh, and watch it. Mm. Yeah, it's always on. It is always on. <laughs> it's always on, and it's brilliant because you see bits that you don't remember. That's that's right. Yeah, bits that, that is the joy of it's it. It's beautiful, that isn't it? it? You were you were um, you were asking about when it was announced. Oh yeah. We had to keep it so quiet. We didn't tell anybody, and then um, James thought that we should have as a backup this picture of the script, the front cover of the script, just in case somebody leaked it to the press. Um, and every day that went by, from the minute that James phoned. Charlotte Moore at BBC One and said, this is what we'd like to do, do you want it? And she went, yes. Uh, we, there was always a risk that somebody was going to find out. Yeah, yeah. And so we had to try really, really hard. I mean, I even wrote um, a fake story line about the episode. And do you know what? It got reprinted somewhere the other day. Yeah. Somebody was like giving away spoilers. Right. And I was like... No, that doesn't happen. <laughs> and I remembered. Um, yeah, so, so basically that's... We had to keep it as quiet as possible. We had this backup that if it leaked anywhere, we would just... James would put it out on his Twitter account because I'm not on social media. Um, and uh, we had it ready to go. And we made it. We got to May the 28th, which is when it was announced, and nobody found out. And I'd even gone on Radio 2 in the, the, the day before, on the Bank Holiday Monday, with Matt Lucas, the lovely Matt Lucas, who was interviewing me and said at the end, so is there going to be any more Gavin and Stacey? And I went... Oh, no, because, you know, James is in America and I'm in Cardiff. <laughs> and I felt awful for lying to him. I had to, I had to email him. Once the news was out, I had to email him and say, I'm so sorry for lying to you. And he said, no, I totally understand. But that morning, we announced it and we had told the cast, didn't we, because we had a WhatsApp group. Because um, you should say about, the, the, about you and Alison. Oh, when we you... had this WhatsApp group that we were all chatting about, about it on and it was still secret. And I went to the BAFTAs and I was going down the aisle and there was Alison. I said, hey, how are you doing? And she said, oh, yeah. She said, oh, she said, I'm nervous about GNS. No, she said, she said, I'm nervous about Gilbert and Sullivan, right? <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I went, ah, oh, yeah. And I thought, I thought she must be in a thing about <laughs> Gilbert and Sullivan. And she's nominated tonight for that. <laughs> 
And I, and I might even have said, and I'm terrible if I don't, I might even have said, but you're so good in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless you. That's lovely, isn't it? And then, and then, and then we went to our seats and I, and I sat down and we sat in the way and I went, <gasps> and I went back up to her and I said, what you <laughs> And then we set up a group, didn't we, called Gilbert and Sullivan? That's right, yeah, yeah. Just in case yeah. anybody sort of tapped into it. But yeah. the next morning, when, when it was finally, we, you know, agreed everybody's deals and we were ready to go, we, morning of 28th of May, I think it was at 7am or 8am, and James just went, right, I'm going to do it now, okay. And then it was just astonishing. Absolutely getting texts coming in from, you know, really close friends of mine <laughs> and relatives, like, you know, my sister going, what, is this, is it true? Because <laughs> yeah. we had kept it quiet. So I was, wow. I was really chuffed, because I think, you know, more than anything, with this Gavin and Stacey special, it, there's been such affection for this show that uh, uh, it really does make me feel quite emotional that people love it so much and time and time again people will say lovely things about it and I love the fact you know I get people say say oh it really got me through a bad time in my life or you know people go through a divorce or a bereavement or just a really sad time in their life and they go I've watched Gavin and Stacey over and over again and I just loved it that is to think that you know a tv show can have brought a bit of joy to somebody is wonderful okay. so for this to, for us to be able to be in a position to, to, to come back to it and to bring a, a lovely, juicy, festive Christmas special of Gavin and Stacey, James and I are beyond chuffed, I can't tell you, that it, that it has worked out. And, you know, maybe there'll be people that'll go, nah, not as good as it. I think most people will enjoy it because it's, it's just a lovely, big, lovely Christmas present from I've... us to you. Oh. <laughs> I think we need it this year more than ever yeah. as well. Yes. We have time for questions before our time is up, so uh, don't be shy. Um, right, we've got a microphone in each bit, I believe. So let's start here, and then we'll go to the middle. Go ahead, your hand up. Yeah, yeah. Don't be... Yeah, here we go. Thank you. Uh, hello. Thank you for bringing this to us. Uh, uh, with the greatest of apologies to Ruth, this is a question for Rob. How um, dare you? <laughs> I do apologise, I do apologise. Where, where are you? I, I'm over here. Uh, hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Disembodied voice. Um, I can't do the small man in a box, <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, I was just wondering, uh, Rob, if you might be able to convince Mr Coogan to follow up your trips to the north of England and Italy and Spain with a trip to Wales, perhaps. <laughs> Well, I mean, he's not an easily persuaded man. I mean, he... he, he You're he, a persuasive character. He's, he, knows, he knows his own mind. We have done another one. We've done one in Greece that comes out next spring. Um, and whether I, that may be the last one, I mean, there's only so many times you can say, no, he talks like this. <laughs> I, I think you should finish off in Wales, personally, but there you go. <laughs> Won't be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your question. Right, in the middle, at the back. Do you want to go? Yeah. Hi, uh, I'm a teacher, and it was really lovely to hear what an inspiration being at school and taking part in school productions was. Is there any nugget of being in school that you really remember or wisdom from 
your amazing drama teacher <laughs> or any other teachers that has really stuck with you? Well, with, with Roger, it was more the... It was just the whole thing. He, he, he took it very seriously, made you feel... Gave you responsibility, uh, made you feel very mature, gave you confidence, um, and guided you very sensitively. And uh, I, 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 that's because I, I am asked that a, a, quite a lot. And, and that, that's my answer. Is there isn't one thing where I could say, or I, I do remember that there was only one time when Roger was cross with me because I was talking in, in a group when I should have been listening. And I was crushed that, that, that he. I didn't mind, you know, the other teachers, they could, whatever. But, <laughs> but that, that he was disappointed in me meant a lot to me, which I think says how he was affecting me, you know, um, and, and being a, a sort of role model and, and, and a guide, as it were. Uh, I think it's, it's wonderful if you have just what, at least one teacher that believes in you. I think I, I get so worried about young people today and Which ones? kids. Oh, just two of them, actually, right. yeah. Okay. Um, you know, my sister's got teenage kids and I think the pressure is so huge. Um, so any bit of encouragement and from, from um, somebody that you look up to, like a teacher, like you said, you know, that, that's important to you, isn't it? That, that feeling of, of their approval. But it doesn't have to necessarily be a teacher. It can be somebody who works in the canteen in school, or you know what I mean? But it's just having somebody believe in you. Um, funny enough, I found, uh, I was looking through lots of old memorabilia, and I found the card that Roger had sent to me when I did My Fair Lady, which was my last school show. And I was reading it literally like a couple of days ago, and it, it said, um, at the end of it, it, it just said, you know, go, go, go on now and grasp your future with both hands. And I think sometimes you just need somebody to go, go on, it's all right, it's all right, go for it, go for it, you know, to just uh, to give you that bit of confidence. Because it's so easy to, when you're young, to, to, I look back and I think, oh, God, I could have, you know, a bit of confidence does everybody in the world a good, I think, and having Rob, somebody believe in you. Am I right in saying as well that Roger also still nurtures talent and still... Oh, yeah, well, it's my shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It does incredible stuff with young filmmakers all, all around Wales. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He was incredibly... Oh, he's still very young, but he was incredibly <laughs> young. I didn't, didn't realise it, of course, back at the time because everybody seems older, but I realise now he was... Uh, <laughs> I think it's important when, when, when for kids, any kid, to have one thing that they think they're good at. It doesn't matter what, maybe they play the guitar, maybe they're good at keepy-uppies, something. Mm. So you can be, oh, you're the one, yeah, you're that. So for me, it was performing and being funny or, you know, voices, whatever it was. You know, I had a thing. And I kind of feel sorry for some kids that don't have that. You've got to find whatever it is. Mm. And it might just be that being caring. It might be being helpful, you know, mm. or maybe you're, you're a good arsonist. I mean, if you are a... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you, you... Well, don't... Please don't be quick to judge. I mean, <laughs> if, if you are going to set fire to school buildings, then really get them going. <laughs> be the best arsonist. <laughs> Let's get some more questions in now. Uh, uh, quick. Oh, over here. Uh, there you go. Uh, uh, good evening. Um, Hello. Just a, a craft question. At the end of the fifth episode in, the, in season one, Gavin and Stacey on The Bachelor and Bachelorette Night have a huge fight and a fallout. But then in the sixth episode, you pick up and they don't 
um, there's no immediate dealing with the fight. So many shows would have probably started with them dealing with that fight, but you didn't. Was there a big discussion about that, or was that instinctual? Well, we had to... The, the sixth episode had to be the, the, the wedding. So, but of course, what we always had at the beginning of each episode was the, the pre-credits phone call, um, which is funny when you look back, you, you think <laughs> now, you, you know, that became uh, a characteristic of each episode. We didn't necessarily start off intending that to be the case. But what was lucky about that, the, the, the pre-credits phone call in the episode six was that we could just tell what the reaction was after the fight of episode five by just seeing two empty chairs. So you didn't know whether they, Gavin and Stacey had made up and whether they were going mm. to actually get married. Um, but in the true sort of Gavin and Stacey style where nothing much really happens, you know, they just deal with it in a line of dialogue going, oh, yeah, yeah, they're all right now. We didn't think he was going to turn up. Oh, yeah, no, it is. It's all fine now. You know, <laughs> but you're absolutely right. We could have made a different choice, I suppose. If we'd had a seventh episode, maybe we would have made, uh, made an episode about them making up. <laughs> uh, uh, we have time for more questions. Uh, down, down... Frontier. Yeah. Hey, so both your guys' careers and shows have been hugely inspiring for Welsh um, writers and actors. My question is, as an actor-writer, how did you go about pitching not just your shows, but also you in the shows? Did that make a difference in the pitches? Sorry, what do you mean? So, when, so you're also in the shows that you wrote. Yeah. Did that make a difference in the pitches when you were sort of selling the show than that you um, would be in them as well? It's a really interesting question, actually, because um, I suppose in a funny sort of way, <laughs> we just assumed <laughs> <laughs> that we would be cast in, 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 in the, you know, as, as Smithy and Nessa. We just assumed it. But having now, since then, you know, having tidy projections and seen how things work with commissions and stuff. When somebody, often a writer-performer, sends something in, you have to say, well, you have to know that you may not be cast in this. You may, you may have written this for yourself, but that is, doesn't necessarily mean that the broadcaster you know, the, the broadcaster might want Jennifer Aniston to play that part, you know. And then, of course, you're left with the dilemma of going, oh, well, I've written this character and this episode, and I just assumed I would play it. Um, but they don't want me, but they do want Jennifer Aniston, so mm, I have to wait up and go, oh, well, I'd rather my, my writing was, was made, I was rather it was made into a programme than not at all. But that is a difficult... Well, that difficult... reminds me of the old Stallone story, of course, with Rocky, because when he wrote Rocky... They didn't want, they offered him a fair bit of money. They didn't want him playing it. And he hung on and hung on and hung on and did it when it must have been very tempting to say, great, I'll, I'll take the money, you know, have mm, the script, mm. and my writing will be out there. Mm. You know, um, I think you've got to be bold, you've mm. got to be confident, you've got to, you know, you can't be too, oh, yeah. But then I think. You've got to try and lead. I do think it's different these days in the sense that something like, say, BBC Three, which is where Gavin and Stacey started off. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's so star-led now, is it? You, 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 basically, 
broadcasters want talent and uh, if the talent is there, the talent is there. So I'm sort of contradicting what I've just said, I suppose, mm. in many ways. But, just gotta be, um, I think you've just got to be desirable. Mm. It's a, you, you, you know, in the truest sense, you've got to, these people are only human, these people that have the power to commission stuff and they want hits mm. because it makes their life better. Mm. If they don't choose some hits, they're not going to be around. Mm. So they have needs as well. You've got to somehow get yourself in that position where you are going to improve their life. Um, as opposed to being, well, I, could, it, could it be, you know, he's got to be, uh, kind of try. It took me a long time to realize that. And when we did Marion and Jeff, suddenly the people sort of wanted it. And it was very, it was a strange adjustment to make because I'd been knocking on doors for years telling people that I thought I was good and you must show them don't mm. tell them show them and nowadays it's easier than ever because oh, you yeah. can shoot a bloody masterpiece on your phone yeah so that so you can do that now when we when I shot the the um uh, kind of pilot teaser thing for Marion and Jeff it was on a camcorder mm. I had to rent an edit suite I then had to rent a dub separately mm. I had to go to a printer's to print up the VHS box mm. I mean I could do all that on my phone probably now you know mm. so you've got to you've got to have something that somebody wants and remember human nature is such that you know you it's like you're sort of turning the tables or just remembering you do have both you've got something good well then be proud of it mm. and make them want it mm. excellent advice uh, thank you for your question um few more i think so do you want to go and then in the front yeah lovely hello do you have like a sort of method of writing like do you have a way of starting or a method that you go back to in order to get the pace back again or is it all kind of improvised well um, do, you I think do, do you have hours? Do you, do you, do you write no, during specific I'm terrible. hours? I'm terrible. Really? Well, yeah. I, I write when I can. I mean, I've recently been writing prose fiction, so, um, which is a much more solitary process. But, but again, you, you can sort of do it anywhere. So I was writing till one in the morning today, for example, on yeah, the yeah. novel. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, th I think it depends. If you're writing with somebody, then you've got to have set yeah. hours. James and I sort of had set hours when we were writing together. But um, no, I'm not very, I'm not terribly organised. Uh, but I, I think that's not a good thing. I think yeah. it's good to be organised. Do you have like a sort of um, wavelength that you go to in order to get stories or to get well, like, I think um, inspiration? For things I would like say that I'm more of a character-led writer. I'm not amazing on plot and that goes for a lot of stuff that I've written. Um, so I always go back to the character and hopefully the story will come from the character. And that's what you did when you were improvising, I suppose, wasn't it? Yeah, they, they, as I say, the, 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 the plots for our stuff came from, purely from improvisation, as, as, as I recall it. But then when we wrote um, uh, Human Remains, they were self-contained stories. We weren't mm. doing what you've done. It was a little bit when Hugo and I did Marion and Jeff, that was, that was a, a story, but that he, I was creating a lot of, you know, I would, I would just speak as Keith and da, 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 da. And then we thought, oh, maybe that could happen, this could happen, that could happen. Mm. But it was Hugo who would take it away and, mm. uh, you know. Thank you. Thank you. And the final question in the front here. Hi, I was just wondering, uh, it's kind of contradictory to what's just been said, um, but if there are any events that have, uh, have like happened in either of your lives that you've been put on screen 
So, like, um, you talked about the characters, um, not necessarily like they've they've uh, been in your life, but I was just wondering, like, um, scenario-wise. You mean like um, how real-life experiences yeah. have? Yeah, um, I would say not maybe huge experiences, but little things. Like, for example, in Stella, we had a horse in the house. In the, Stella's neighbour had a horse in the house. And some people said to me, oh, I was a, I, that was a bit far-fetched. I said, well, no, it wasn't really, because uh, a friend of mine is a GP who was doing a house call um, up in the valleys, and there was a horse in the house. <laughs> And, and how brilliant is that, you know? Um, so little things like that. And, and, and also, I, you have to be a bit of a magpie, I think, as well, when you're, you, and sort of steal or listen and over, uh, overhear conversations. One of the best lines I ever heard, which did go into an episode of Stella, was in a supermarket, and there was this couple, and they were probably in their sort of 60s, uh, 70s, and she... <laughs> And they were obviously bickering with each other by the frozen foods. And the woman turned to the fella and she went, Oh, look at you, you've got a face like a ripped dap. <laughs> and I thought, what a brilliant expression, you know. <laughs> so certainly, there are things that sort of do, do go in the bank. Um, that, because I think that, that they have to, to an extent, you know. Cheers, thank you. Yeah, thank thank you. you very much for your questions. I don't think we have time for more, unfortunately, but... I thought we would finish. The sh sh yeah, um, yeah, I was going to say. Shall we? Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> Let's not say anything. You know, um, it's so weird to think that that started from yeah, the, the barn dance episode where Bryn and Nessa were, were going to sing. We only sang a few bars of it, really, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we didn't have much, um, yeah. And that yeah, went yeah. into to us doing the whole comic relief thing. And that experience, we were just talking about it earlier, was one of the best oh, oh. ever Went to Las Vegas to make the, DB, the, the, the video, and it was just, oh, we, we, we yeah. couldn't believe it. Because we? we did, there God. was that one point where we were filming the video, and then Tom Jones had to walk through the crowd, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. And uh, the first time that he did it, we were singing, and then he walked towards us, and we just looked at each other, we really filled up, because it was like, and we, I think we've often had this, we go, we went to Porthcall Comp, we did. <laughs> Look at us now! It was amazing, just yeah. amazing, fantastic. Yeah. I think that's a good place for us to say thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you for all your writing and your acting and your comedy. It's brightened up all our lives. And thank you for being here this evening. We cannot wait for the Christmas special. Ruth Jones and Rob Bryden, everybody. Yeah.